0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Shearer. and today I am going to chat with you guys about a topic that is responsible for the majority of our lives, and that is our habits. So, recently I was interviewed on somebody else's podcast about making long term change, and we got into a really great discussion about what it takes to make long term change, what gets in people's way, and how people can self sabotage, and why it's so important to learn positive habits in making long term change the right way, the sustainable way. And this is something that I'm very familiar with and I talk about on a daily basis um, because it makes up the majority of the work that I do with my clients. You know, when we're talking about our our health and well-being, everything that, you know, is going on in our health and the way that we feel, whether good or bad, is more often than not a result of our habits. And, you know, those can be good habits or bad habits. They can be empowering for us or they can work against the goals that we have for ourselves. And there are a lot of layers to why we do the things that we do. And there, accordingly, is a lot of work to be done when you want to change your habits. So today's episode is just going to be a, a little introduction to how to make long-term change, how to make it sustainable, some tips on how to make it a little bit easier for yourself so you're not, you know, fighting and swimming upstream the entire way, and um, really helping you get in a place where you feel confident in your ability to change. And you know it 's important to note that about forty to fifty percent of your day is made up of habits you just don 't recognize them because they 're unconscious you've you 've built these habits and patterns over time, um, and that 's why they 're just that habits so if they 're working for you that 's great you don 't have to think about the things that you 've worked on previously that are empowering you to continue to feel good but if they 're working against you that 's not so great because then you 've ingrained some things that people like to call bad habits, but that doesn't mean that they can't be changed. Um, Our subconscious mind is responsible for about 90% of our actions and thoughts in a day. And that's why we don't recognize that a lot of what we're doing is a habit and it's unconscious. Only 10% of our daily thoughts and actions are a result of our conscious mind choosing something new. So, Just bear that in mind when you start to approach this topic of wanting to create behavioral change in your life or to set goals for yourself and and go down a new path of trying new things. So when we're talking about creating long-term change, one of the most important things to start with is defining your why, your motivation for why you want to make this change. One of my favorite authors and leaders and motivational speakers, Simon Sinek, um, wrote a book called Start With Why. And he does a lot of work around um, getting people, particularly in organizations, to define their why um, and their their sort of driving purpose in in their life and work and why they do things. Um, But I think that finding your why is equally as important for anything that you do, not just work, not just life's, your life's mission and, and purpose and passion, but for the for the little things, for your relationships, for your personal health, all of it, it, it you should start with why. Um, Simon has a great quote that goes There are only two ways to influence human behavior you can manipulate it, or you can inspire it. And You know, Simon discusses this concept in his book when it comes to leadership and affecting change within an organization as a leader of a team or a company. And, you know, it's it's a really, really brilliant and profound point that you can get so much more done as a leader when you inspire change. You lead by example, you lead from the front rather than trying to manipulate and control people. You know, if you, you imagine yourself um, going into work with your boss, how much more motivated would you be if they set a positive example and show you what it's like to lead from the front versus feeling like they're, they're trying to micromanage or control all of your behaviors? That doesn't feel so good. The same can be true. The same can be sad, rather, of you and your relationship with your body your body feels a lot better when it's inspired to change rather than feeling manipulated to change. And the way that you can help your body get on board with change and feel inspired rather than controlled and manipulated is if you're connected to a powerful why. Um, Frederick Nietzsche said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. So, Not only do our whys, our motivations, push us and inspire us and drive us forward, but they also act as an anchor and a sort of grounding point for us when things do get a little bit difficult, because that's one thing that I will say about making long-term change. It's not always easy. It's not easy to rewrite those programs in your brain and to rewire the circuitry of your brain and your body to make New choices we are creatures of habit we don 't innately like change or favor it or welcome it, so there will be times where it 's hard and you don 't want to do it. but if you have a strong why, you will be much more likely to stick to the changes that you 're trying to make so that 's the first thing I would say up front is just get really clear with yourself on why you 're making any kind of change in your life, whether it 's following a particular you know dietary protocol that 's going to be better for your health and reduce inflammation, or whether it's um, a new workout or exercise or training routine because you want to run a marathon or you want to feel stronger and lift a certain amount of weight. Whatever it is, defining why that's important to you is is going to be a key factor in your success and I would encourage you you know to go as deep as possible with that why it's one thing to just say like oh I want to you know eat better or exercise so that I look better in a bathing suit but that might not motivate you so much when the winter months come and you don't need to wear a bathing suit anymore but if you can say you know I want to I want to change my patterns and I want to take better care of my body because I want to feel more energized when I play with my kids, or I want to have more energy to to devote to my career and to not feel so exhausted and drained during the day, or I want to be there for my partner and live a long and healthy life with them. You know, there are so many deeper reasons to take care of ourselves when it comes to health and well-being. So I would encourage you to tap into those more so than the superficial reasons. And, you know, it's okay if it's a combination of both two. Um, And if you look a little bit deeper, wanting to look good in a bathing suit could actually translate to wanting to feel confident in your own skin and wanting to feel really empowered and in love with your body. And maybe that, as a motivator, that can come without the the specific external circumstances that you're thinking about. So get really deep with yourself. Get honest with yourself. Get uncomfortable with your motivation for doing things. And write that down somewhere. Then, once you're ready to get started, it can be really, really tempting to just Jump in with both feet, do everything you can all at once, because now you've defined this really clear vision of why you want to do what you want to do and what it's going to look like and how it'll feel when you get there. But if you try to change everything all at once, it's very likely that nothing will stay changed long-term. So my recommendation is start small. Don't make huge sweeping changes overnight. Unless there's something about the current state of your health that requires you to do so. A doctor is telling you, you have to make specific changes. Maybe a really intense diagnosis has you know, warranted that you make lots of big changes all at once, and, and there's an important reason that you do that. But I'd say those ca- cases are a little bit more rare. And it's so much more powerful for you to start small and then work your way up to bigger changes. Um, for example, if you don't work out at all currently, you're completely sedentary, don't start by setting a goal of working out seven days a week. Start with just one or two, walking or getting your steps up, going to a yoga class or, you know, hiring a personal trainer for one session a week and start to be consistent with that habit first and then you can build upon that. You're setting yourself up for success in this way, because the more that you experience accumulation of small wins, the more likely you are to continue on this path or stick to the program that you've set for yourself or that, you know, a coach or support system has set for you. We feel so much better about ourselves and are more motivated to continue to change when we feel affirmation or confirmation that it's working. And that's a lot more likely to happen when you make smaller, more attainable changes on a, on a consistent basis over time, rather than trying to change 50 things all at once. Um, and, you know, along those lines, expect that this journey will require patience. Once, the, you, it, once you are able to accept that, you're setting the stage for long-term sustainable change rather than a quick fix that won't last. When you give yourself the permission for this change to take as long as it needs to take, you're really putting yourself in a good position to have this long-term lifelong change that we're talking about. If you set an unrealistic expectation for yourself that you're going to reach your goal in a week or 30 days or if you you know make big sweeping changes all at once then everything will be fixed and better within a really short amount of time again you're setting yourself up for disappointment or you know not failure because it's all a learning experience but you're definitely not setting yourself up for success there so after you have set your why and you begin to make smaller changes understand that it's it's going to take time and patience and trial and error and it will be a learning process so all right you're mastering one or two things at a time at most and then you're building upon that foundation so when i'm working with a new client i don't give them 30 new things to do all at once to radically transform their health we focus on one or two habits and I'm ensure that they master those habits and we see how those are impacting their life so that we can really you know, test as we go and see what's making an impact and what's not and we can also see what they're having difficulty with. Um, some habits might be harder than others and this really allows you to workshop things a little bit more so that you can find what works best for you. If, if you find over a period of a few weeks that you're having a lot of trouble with one particular habit, you can try different ways of incorporating it, you can play around with it. And it's almost like having, you know, a control setting in an experiment. um, Because if you're trying to change 40 things all at once, then it can be really hard to tell like what's causing the problem and what's breaking down. So depending on your goals, it's a good idea to spend at least two to four weeks on a habit before incorporating a new one. A lot of people talk about that the idea that 21 days is the minimum amount of time to form a new habit, um, or more accurately, for an old one to be um, begin to dissolve. But for most people, it's actually much longer. So don't give up on your habit after those initial three weeks. Habits just become easier over time. And it really depends entirely on the burden or complexity of the task that you're setting for yourself. So let's say, um, let's say you have a hard time drinking water. And again, you don't want to go from zero glasses a day to 10 You know, you don't want to go from zero to literally 100 ounces. You want to just start by drinking one extra glass of water a day. Well, that should be pretty simple. But let's see how you bake it into your day. Maybe you make it a part of your morning routine, and that way you're you're setting yourself up with a small win for the day. That's not that complex of a habit. You can really get in the habit of of even leaving a water glass out or a water bottle before you go to bed at night, so that it's right there in the morning, and ready to go. that's not too big of a burden on your life. However, if you asked yourself to tote around a gallon water bottle everywhere you went every, every day and to finish it by lunchtime, that would be a, probably a much bigger burden on your lifestyle. And that would take a lot longer to really solidify as habit. So again, that's a case for starting small. And it's also the case for patience. Give yourself the time to really solidify let your brain reprogram itself to adapt this new habit as as an unconscious behavior Um, about 66 days or around three months that's the amount of time to feel more of a sense of ease with a habit like you almost forget what life was like before you were doing this thing so keep that in mind when you're trying to layer on new things. It might be a few months before it starts to feel easy. You might feel like you're really working at it for a while, whether it's going to the gym or meal prepping or taking your vitamins and supplements or sticking to an earlier bedtime. It might feel like an uphill battle for a little while, but if you keep that in mind that it's normal, that it's it's frustrating and maybe hard at times and taking a little bit longer, that can help you keep that perspective. And again, then just return to your why, why, why you're doing this thing in the first place. Another tip to support you in making these habits, you know, a little bit easier to uh, to incorporate into your life. Um, one habit that I really recommend is visualization. So you visualize your new habits to Help your subconscious mind accept them as your present reality. So not some future thing, some future version of you that you wish to be or hope to be, but visualize it as if this is who you are now. You just are somebody who drinks a gallon of water a day or (laughs) however much, or you just, you are somebody who works out five days a week and feels strong and energized. And again, the reason that you do this is to help your subconscious mind Accept that this is who you are. One time that your one time of day that your mind is pers- particularly susceptible to assuming these these thoughts and and visualizations as reality is before you go to sleep at night, when your brain slips into a more relaxed theta state. Um, any sort of pictures that you give it um, are more easily accepted. So. Before you go to bed at night, rather than thinking about the, all the things that went wrong that day or all the things you messed up on or the things you're stressed about, just think about all the things that you have been you know, working on accomplishing and what, you, what that picture of you looks like when they're accomplished. And most importantly, imagine how they will make you feel. So imagine like that desired result, how that makes you feel rather than just like seeing an image of it, really feel it in your body. And that will help to reprogram your mind to accept that it is your reality. And then when you are going throughout your waking day, those subconscious actions, unconscious actions rather, will be um, a little bit more easeful and graceful. Another tip is asking for support and accountability. So I recommend involving a friend who has similar goals and also wants to be held accountable or join a challenge or support group um, or even just by posting what you're doing on social media. Um, That can sometimes help people to feel like, you know, there are people out there who know what they're up to. And so now they feel that extra little bit of fire or pressure to achieve it. Um, Another way to get support and accountability is consulting a professional who can help you see the ways that you've been getting in your own way, the ways that you've been self-sabotaging or other barriers to reaching your goals that you can't really see from your vantage point where you're at. And, you know, this goes for anything. If you want to be better with your finances, it can help to hire a financial planner or an accountant, somebody who can really Help hold you accountable to to what your goals are, and if your goals have to do with health, wellness, fitness, hiring a coach there. If your goals have to do with your emotional well-being and your relationships, hiring you know a life coach or a therapist to support you with the things that you want to to stay consistent and committed to working on. Um, some people can benefit from creating a a reward system, so setting up some rewards for yourself when you're consistent with a certain habit for a certain amount of time so for example if you have a goal of journaling every day then when you've journaled every day for one month then you will get yourself a nice new pen or a journal Um, with working out if you've been consistent with working out you know three or four times a week for three months, you get yourself a really nice new fitness outfit that you've had your eye on. Um, The only thing I recommend is don't use food-based rewards, especially if your goals have to do with health and wellness. Um, I definitely never never recommend using food as a reward in the sense of labeling foods as good or bad or treats or splurges. the only exception to that is like if you have a favorite restaurant that's really expensive and it's just a treat to go out there because you don't normally spend that much on a, on a meal out, that could be an exception because it's more about the experience. Um, but try, try your best not to use food as a reward for habits in general because that, that can create an unhealthy pattern in our brain and an association that we don't want to be there long term. Um, And some people don't do as well with rewards. Some people, again, do better with accountability or just staying connected to their why. And the last thing that I would recommend anytime you're trying to make long-term change in your life is have compassion for yourself. Have compassion for yourself when you slip up or you fall off plan, which I can almost guarantee you will happen. There will be times where it feels like you're self-sabotaging. There will be times where you were doing really, really well and then all of a sudden you get off track and you stop doing that new habit for, you know, a few days or a week or even longer and you're frustrated with yourself. But I can tell you that that's part of the process too because change and growth and healing is not linear. It's not. People expect it to be linear, to get better and better every day and easier and easier every day. But it's, It's more, it's much more turbulent than that. It goes up and down in the general trajectory of going up along the way, but there will be valleys too. And, you know, also think about how long it took you to develop your not so healthy habits and how long you've been practicing those for. If you've been doing something that you know is not so great for you or that you're wanting to change for years, then don't expect it to change overnight. or just don't expect yourself to, to be perfect overnight. Having that compassion for yourself along the way will be honestly one of the best <laughs> things you can do for yourself on this journey. Um, because the more that you can practice compassion and self-forgiveness, the, the gentler you can be while still staying motivated and committed, the more fun and, and easy and rewarding it will be to reach your goals. You know, There's a time for tough love, and then there's also a time for compassion. And behavior change is hard. So good for you for wanting to learn more about it and for doing the hard work of sticking to it and reprogramming long-held beliefs and patterns. That's not easy, and I commend you for it, and you should definitely be proud of yourself too. And know that it's a lifelong thing. There will always be things about ourselves that we want to work on and that's kind of the fun of it if it was all easy it would be pretty boring so I hope that you enjoyed this and got a little something out of it. This is something I'm really passionate about chatting about. I I love talking about behavior change. I love people. I love helping people change the habits in their lives to be more empowering ones and ones that are really in alignment with the truth of who they are and their goals for themselves. And so I wish that for all of you. And if you need more support on this in any way, um, I have a couple e-guides that might be helpful for you. One is holistic habits for general health and well-being. Um, the other is holistic habits for mental health. Um, if you're looking more for more support, more one-on-one accountability and guidance feel free to reach out to me and we can chat about what your goals are whether it's in the arena of um, physical health mental and emotional health um, or just you know getting in alignment with your your life goals in general I'd be happy to support you so go ahead and check all those things out on my website empowered-bodies.com and you can email me there as well Um, and as always, share this episode with a friend if you think it might help them make, make some change in their, in their lives. And thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, until next time, have a happy and healthy day.